0: I feel like I need to start with a confession and an apology. Thankfully, God remembers His promises better than I read service orders. <laughs> I got thinking after the service today is, you know, I, I must not have been paying attention when uh, Pastor Bates talked about Chuuk and the Colson's and when he announced, you know, who we're praying for on the Supreme Court, which was supposed to be Samuel Alito Jr., and and the church we were praying for, Summit Church, and a community outreach people were praying for. Piedmont Women's Center, and I, I just, man, I just must have been checked out. Maybe I was thinking about the sermon or whatever. And he was very gracious. He said, "Did you miss anything this morning?" <laughs> because I guess I'm so used to coming up after the sealant, and I'm surprised that you know. Pastor Coleman wasn't just shooting daggers at me the whole time. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually glad that I didn't realize I had forgotten it. I think I would have really messed me up for trying to preach. But at uh, any rate, I thought I should at least make that right. And so I'll say, sorry to Pastor Coleman, who works hard during the service order. Sorry to Pastor Bates. Then sorry to you, because you didn't know, like, what happened. Like, you, th- I bet half of you thought you checked out as well. But um, anyway, and thanks to the, the people that work the you know, the sound and and video and audio and all because you had to jump ahead on the slides for the PowerPoint. But that's not as good as having done it the right way, but at least I get that off my chest um, and confess, and I hope that you'll forgive me. And if you don't, I guess that's your problem. Um, So, anyway, we are talking about people of the promise And last week, we actually got sort of the end of the story, and I really appreciate Matthew Bixby and the powerful message he preached about being willing to give up uh, what you love the most, and how God used that in Abraham's life, really demonstrated his level of trust in God. And it really raises the question, how, how does a man get to a point where he's willing to trust God to that degree? And it's helpful for us to go back to the beginning. So, we're, this is the prequel to last week, and we're actually going to look at a lot of Scripture, but, but we are going to look at uh, three main keys to what God promised Abraham, and really the promise that He's given to us as well. So, for our text, we're going to Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Genesis 12, 1 through 3, uh, the verses that introduce us to Abram. God really summarizes three main blessings that he brought into his life that we're going to see throughout the chapters on Abraham. The first is a promise of a homeland. So he's leaving his home, and God says, I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you a homeland. And then the promise of a people. And, and this became more and more impossible as his life went on, and God did the impossible. It's not too hard for him. And then the promise of a blessing. Somehow, Abraham... Was going to be a blessing to all the people of the earth. And we're going to try to just remember those three things. It's a very simple uh, kind of teaching tonight. We're going to look at the verses that carry this out and uh, make some application to us. So first, the promise of a homeland. Abraham left his home to find the homeland that God had promised him. That's pretty big. I mean, if God just came to you, didn't tell you where you're going, it says you got to leave your home. you got to leave your family and you just head out. I mean, I can only imagine what that conversation with Sarah was like that evening. Oh, God, God talked to me today. What did God say? Well, He said that we're supposed, to, we're supposed to leave. He says, oh, really? Where are we going? I don't know. Well, how will we know when we get there? I don't know, but God's going to show us. So, there's a lot of faith, both Abraham and Sarah, uh, heading out uh, to where God is leading him. So in Genesis 12, 1, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. We have a song that we sing, Children of the Promise, and we will stand as children of the promise. We're going to go uh, where God wants us to go. When Lot chose the well watered plain of Sodom, because Lot and, and his uh, family went with him, he chose the well watered plain of Sodom and Gomorrah for himself. Uh, Abraham still trusted God to give him the land that God promised him. Genesis 13 describes it. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. But we're told that Abram lived as a nomad in tents, in the land of promise even, even in that land where he was dwelling. The only plot of ground that he owned in his lifetime of the promised land was the cave that he bought to bury his wife Sarah when she died. But his real homeland wasn't on earth at all. We read in Hebrews 11, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in the tents tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. You know, Jacob was a teenager when Abraham finally died, so he knew Abraham. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. After 430 years in Egypt, God sent Abraham's descendants, the children of Israel, back to the promised land to claim it. They lost control of it because of their idolatry and sin. But even today, the nation of Israel lives in the same region. Not the same boundaries yet, but in that same region. We look forward to the same homeland that Abram did. God has promised us a forever homeland. Hebrews 11 goes on to say, "...these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar." and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. So, so Abraham could have gone back to Ur of the Chaldees, his homeland. I mean, it was one of the great cities of the earth at the time, but he, he didn't do that because of God's call. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one, Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared for them a city. You know as we go through our lives we have certain expectations we rear our families we build our homes we hope that our businesses go well we we want to enjoy blessing from God but we make a huge mistake if we think all of that blessing is just going to be here. Uh, we, make, we don't take the risks that we ought to take for the kingdom of God if, if we're worried mainly about that, if we don't have faith that, that God has promised us a forever homeland. And so that city that God has prepared will one day descend from heaven and settle on the earth, according to Revelation 21. A new heaven and a new earth will belong to To the people of God. So, everything you love about this life, all the good parts of it, it's only a taste of what's to come. So, however good it gets, it's still not as good as it's going to get. And so, when you hit the hard times, and you will, and we do, we hit lots of them. In fact, every one of us here, you know, you think about our life here on this planet ends with a hard time. Every one of us. And yet, we have a home, a homeland that can never be taken away from us. This is the promise of God for those who, like Abraham, will believe God's promises. Who are willing to set their course to live forever in a place they've never seen. And to consider themselves strangers and pilgrims here. God also promised Abram a people. In verse 2, the beginning of verse 2 of Genesis 12, he says, And I will make of you a great nation. In chapter 13 and verse 16, I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. In chapter 15, he said this, After these things, this was after his rescuing Lot, And they were taken captive, and after he had met, wait a minute, I'm thinking wrong. Is that 18? Somebody remind me, I I didn't. Am I right? Okay, 14, okay, good. Okay, I was thinking it was that, and then all of a sudden I was 18. Obviously today is, you know, one of those days. Anyway, okay. (laughs) After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. Remember, he turned down all the spoils of war. But Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. So he's saying, look, you promised me not just the land, you promised me a people, and I don't see any people yet. I mean, I've got people, but, but none of them that... That have been born to me. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. He had lots of of servants and and those that uh, worked with him. Eliezer was one of them. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven, number the stars. And if you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. God made him what was to become an impossible promise. And he believed God anyway. You know, if you think about the whole, the whole gospel is an impossible promise. That the, a holy God would actually accept sinful people and make them his children. Those that have been cursed with the curse of sin and of death, those who deserve that death, those that deserve the wrath of God, and God says, I'm going to make you my saints, my holy ones. I'm going to make you a people of God forever. That's an impossible kind of promise. I mean, have you met any of these people from God? I mean, you might see some changes, but they're still... they're they're not to the level that God has promised yet. Well, Abraham's faith in God's promise of a people was so strong that he was willing, even as we saw last week, to sacrifice Isaac and still hold that God's promise would come true. Hebrews 11 explains, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it had been said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named." So he's, he's getting ready to, to sacrifice the only person through whom the promise can be fulfilled. And he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Look, the God that could give Abraham a son when both he and his wife were far past the time for having kids... So his body was as good as dead. That same God can bring your kids back from the dead. And that's what he was counting on. In Galatians 3, 7 through 9, we learn that we are Abraham's children if we put faith in Christ. We are the people of the promise who are part of Christ's everlasting kingdom that Daniel talks about, the kingdom of the saints. Galatians 3, 7 and 9, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. We often think of Abraham as the father of the Jews, and we think of them as the chosen people, and we think... Uh, That, you know, the blessings fall on them, but right at the beginning, before there even is a children of Israel nation, God made a promise that told us that the Gentiles would be included. All the nations of the earth, all the families of the earth would be blessed in Abraham. And that leads us to the final thing, and that's the promise of a blessing. So we have a promise of a homeland. We have a promise of a people. And you know, even as we gather together on every Lord's Day as God's people, as we gather in life groups, as we pray for one another, we're just getting a little practice for our forever dwelling with the saints of God. We're, we're getting to experience being part of the family and the blessings that come with that. I mean, think about the size family we have. I mean, it's an amazing thing to have this many people that care about you and love you and be part of that. But there's a promise of a blessing that goes on beyond that. In chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So how is it that all the families of the earth will be blessed in Abraham? Abraham. Strikingly, this comes very clear right after he's been faithful to God with the sacrifice of Isaac. In Genesis 22, the angel of the Lord says, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven as the sand is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So he talks about offspring in terms of plural, and he talks about offspring in terms of a singular, a person. Abraham's offspring, who would possess the gate of his enemies, and in whom all the earth would be blessed, is none other than Jesus Christ, the Messiah the Savior King. He will rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and everyone who takes refuge in Him is blessed, is happy. Psalm 2. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that He is the Lord. Philippians 2. And when we were still enemies, Christ died for us to save us. Romans 5.8. He transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into His own kingdom of light. So, how could all the earth be blessed in Abraham? How is that even possible? I mean, he didn't just live 2,000 years ago, he lived almost 4,000 years ago. Roughly 4,000. Think about it, 4,000 years ago. How is it that all the earth could be blessed? Well, it's through Abraham's connection with Jesus Christ, his offspring, Jesus Christ. And that is true of us as well. It is your connection with Jesus Christ, Abraham's promised offspring, that makes you a blessing to people around you. All ethnicities. The the significance of your life is like the significance of Abraham's life. It's your connection to Jesus Christ. And the degree to which you show who He is and what He's like, the more we tell people what He came to do, for everyone who trusts in Him, the more blessing we are. That is why we exist. So even even right now, we can be, like Abraham, a blessing to all people by connecting them To Jesus Christ, Abraham's offspring. God gave these wonderful promises to Abraham the promise of a homeland, the promise of a people, the promise of a blessing, and he passes them on to us. We too are people of the promise.